Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about whether you should avoid fever-reducing drugs, why some dinosaurs replace their teeth as much as sharks do, and a condition that can make you hallucinate with smells. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Your nose is running, your throat hurts, and your temperature is off the charts. Should you use medicine to lower the fever? Or are you better off letting it ride while your body fights the infection? What do you do, Ashley? I generally let it ride. Like, I'm not afraid of taking drugs. I just, you know, it's it's kind of a hassle to, like, go out and buy them. And usually they're expired in my medicine cabinets. I just don't. Right. But I do wonder if reducing my fever is bad for me. Right, because fever is your body's way of fighting off the infection. So your body is doing it on purpose. And that's why we thought we'd look at the science today. So when viruses or bacteria get into your body, your immune system starts attacking the intruders, one cell at a time. Sometimes that initial response is enough to get rid of the infection. If it's too big of a job for the immune system to handle on its own, your body produces chemicals called pyrogens that tell the brain to crank up the temperature. Of course, a very high fever comes with a risk of brain damage, which is one reason people reach for fever-reducing drugs. But the good news is that brain damage from fever is rare, and it doesn't happen until your temperature gets really high. That is above 108 degrees Fahrenheit, or 42.2 degrees Celsius. If you're that sick, a doctor should be deciding what medicine you take, not a podcast. But if most people with fevers don't need to take fever-reducing drugs, the question becomes, does a fever actually help you get better faster? Well, scientists can't say for sure. Doctors used to treat certain diseases by deliberately giving their patients fevers. They don't do that anymore, but some recent studies do suggest that the fever your body naturally produces can kill bacteria and help your immune system work better. The thing is, though, the evidence for that isn't very good. The best evidence comes from a study published in 2015, where researchers went to an ICU and gave fever-reducing drugs to some patients and placebos to others. The researchers found that the patients who got the real drugs weren't any more or less likely to return to the ICU in the next 30 days than those who got the fake drugs. It didn't seem to make a difference at all. So if taking fever-reducing drugs doesn't help you or hurt you, should you take them? Doctors and scientists still don't agree, but there's one more thing to consider. Having a fever isn't fun. And since there isn't solid evidence that fever-reducing drugs keep you from getting better, why not take them and feel a little better? Ashley? I think I will. Paleontologists have it rough. Studying animals that existed millions of years ago doesn't exactly make it easy to know how they behaved, what they ate, or, like, how fast their teeth grew. But they do their best, and now one team has used a cool way to discover one of these day-to-day details. It turns out that at least one species of dinosaur had the dental habits of a shark. It grew replacement teeth once every 56 days. This dinosaur, Majungasaurus, lived on Madagascar from 72 million years ago to 66 million years ago, making it among the last dinosaur species that existed before the legendary dino-killing asteroid hit. It was a stocky, meat-eating creature, and scientists believe that once it had eaten all the flesh of its prey, it gnawed on the bones. That's because they've found grooves on the bones of smaller animals from its era that are spaced out at the same intervals as the Majungasaurus's teeth. Speaking of which, this dinosaur grew a lot of teeth. It replaced its teeth about as often as sharks replace their teeth. And sharks replace theirs so much that shark teeth are some of the most common fossils on Earth. Even among its peers, Majungasaurus was weird. 
It grew new teeth almost twice as fast as two other meat-eating dinosaurs, at a rate closer to that of herbivorous dinosaurs like the sauropod Camarasaurus, which replaced its teeth every 62 days. Scientists sorted this out by looking at the dentin in the dinosaur's teeth. That's the layer below the enamel, and it grows steadily over time. The growth lines in a dinosaur's tooth dentin are sort of like the rings of a tree. They give you a sense of how old it was and how quickly it grew. It's not totally clear why the Majungasaurus grew teeth so prolifically, but it probably wasn't just a flex. What's more likely is that it helped the dinosaur survive. One theory goes that it helped with that bone gnawing I mentioned earlier. Gnawing on bones subjects teeth to a lot of wear and tear. When modern animals gnaw on bones, they tend to solve the wear and tear problem with ultra-durable teeth. The Majungasaurus, meanwhile, had flimsy teeth, but tons of them. They probably thought of their teeth the way humans think of our toenails, as an infinite disposable resource. Pretty wild, huh? I'm glad we sunk our teeth into that story. I'm glad we didn't lose any teeth in the process. I'm going to brush my teeth. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Today's episode is sponsored by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. You could get in a crash and people could get hurt or killed. But let's take a moment to look at some surprising statistics. Almost 29 people in the United States die every day in alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That's one person every 50 minutes. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last three decades, drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each year. Many people are unaware that driving while high can be just as dangerous. In 2015, 42% of drivers killed in crashes tested positive for drugs. Not so harmless after all, is it? And get this, from 2007 to 2015, marijuana use among drivers killed in crashes doubled. The truth is, driving while high is deadly. So stop kidding yourself. If you're impaired from alcohol or drugs, don't get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Drive sober or get pulled over. If you've ever smelled burning rubber in a quiet forest or rotten eggs in a vegan restaurant you may have been hallucinating with your nose. It's uncommon, but far from impossible. About 2.7 million people have some sort of smelling disorder, and up to 20% of them experience phantom smells, or technically speaking, phantosmia. This kind of sounds like a superpower at first. You can stop and smell the roses, no roses required. But phantosmia is rarely fun. People often hallucinate unpleasant odors, Experts think our brains devote more space to cataloging bad smells. So when our brains hallucinate a random smell, it's more likely to be a bad one. And because our senses of smell and taste are interconnected, when every food smells like bleach, it tastes a little like bleach too. That makes it hard to enjoy eating. Persistent phantosmia can last for decades, and it's understandable that sufferers often experience weight loss, depression, and other problems. Phantosmia can also be a symptom of serious health problems. Often, that's a simple nose or mouth issue, like a sinus infection. But sometimes, phantosmia signifies a neurological problem. We process smells with our brains, after all, and phantom smells are sometimes signs of things like a brain tumor, epilepsy-related temporal lobe seizures, or Alzheimer's disease. So it's usually worth mentioning to a doctor just to be safe. Treating phantosmia usually starts with figuring out the underlying cause, which might start with a nose endoscopy, where doctors probe your nasal cavities with a tiny camera and a saline wash for the nasal passages. 
When there's no obvious root condition, doctors may resort to performing surgery on the olfactory bulb, the smelling sector of the brain. That's only for extreme cases, though. Usually, phantosmia disappears on its own. And honestly, good riddance. Well, I thought that today was a pretty cool episode. I mean, it is cold and flu season here in the U.S., so it's worth knowing whether you should be taking fever-reducing drugs. Too bad scientists don't exactly have a solid recommendation. But they won't hurt you, so... Maybe if they make you feel better, they're worth taking. Yeah. And there was a meat-eating dinosaur species that replaced its teeth as fast as sharks do. That's super cool. It is super cool. I bet a Majungasaurus would make a really good cop. Why? Because then they could take a bite out of crime. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) And if you feel like you've hallucinated smells before, then you might be right. Phantosmia is an olfactory hallucination that some people do experience. Yeah, I feel like anytime you're hallucinating something and you're not on, like, weird drugs, you should probably see a doctor. Probably see a doctor, not a podcast. Not a podcast. Today's stories were written by Grant Curran and Mae Rice, with editing and script writing by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity.com. Curiosity Daily is produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.